Family from the Heart, podcast episode number 27. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here today to do another episode of talking about family issues, marriage, parenting, relationships in general, keeping the house clean, fun stuff like that. So, Stephanie, um, let's see here. We are in the midst of starting a new series and a new book, uh, Decluttering the Home or Too Much Stuff, whatever. What's this book called? Too Much Stuff, Decluttering Your Heart and Home by Catherine Porter. Gotcha. So we are going to definitely share what we have uh, learned from about this book so far. Uh, and talk about that in just a minute. But before we do, I, I just must say that ever since the sermon on Sunday, and I know you had been working in the in the nursery or daycare uh, at church, the, the nursery, mm-hmm. uh, and so you weren't able to be there for that. But I came away from that episode or that sermon this weekend with just God really laying on my heart some very important things about being a parent and being a husband and being a father that, you know, we didn't really touch on uh, in the uh, parenting series. And I wanted to share some of those things that uh, really was was laid on my heart. And of course, I know we've talked about this in the past. I don't think we talked about it in Family from the Heart, or maybe we did. But the fact is, is that, ch- did we talk about the topic of child-centered parenting? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we did talk about that in the parenting series. Good. So we we did cover that. And what I really was reminded of, and, and I think maybe just bears a little bit more conversation or pull, pulling out, is that we, of course, are talking about, you know, the understanding that our children should not be... Um, should not be the center focus and, and the deciding factor of everything we do as a family. And is that right? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Would you say it in a different way that makes more sense to people to find out what I'm talking about? The child is every decision that is made for the family is not made by the child or considering only the child's best interest. That's it. Considering the child's only best interest. So only the child, only the child's best interest. But basically, you know, think thinking about decisions like going out on a date should be in the best, you know, with just We're your not spouse. Gonna ask our kids. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's like, well, guys, do you mind if we go out? And it's like, Where no. Where do you think we should go? Yeah. No. No, it's mom and dad are going to go. And, and and then, of course, the idea of, you know, you're on your way out to dinner and maybe you're, you've decided to maybe you are going out as a family, completely different scenario. And you are eating out because you have the money and you've budgeted that. Uh, which we haven't been able to do for a while. But anyway, uh, the thing is, let's just say you've budgeted that. You're going to go out to dinner and you have other plans and engagements that you're involved in. And you say, hey, guys, we're going to go, you know, we're on our way to dinner. And they say, well, where are we going? And, or sometimes if, if ch- the children are really in control of your family, then what they'll say, I want to go right. such and such. And you say, well, we're actually going to go here. Well, some families don't do that. And I know we've been caught up in the past. Well, the funny thing is, is that while we were in the midst of the finishing up the parenting series those last couple of weeks, we did have a little extra money. And so we did go out to eat with our family and we were driving to the restaurant. I don't think we had chose, we hadn't chosen a place yet. And we um, asked the kids where they wanted to go or, or no, you had some said someplace and some, one of them in the back disagreed. And I had said, well, where do you want to go? You know, not that that's where we would want to go, but letting Mm -hmm. them, you know. At least speak what they were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. We do let our kids contribute their opinion in some decisions. Um, But uh, but you had said, when did they get in control of this family again? You had asked that question. When did they get back in control? (laughs) Really, I'm just looking for more people on my side because usually... 
the places Cliff goes are not, you know, when you're not eating out, but maybe like once every three months, if you, Cliff shouldn't be the one to choose all the time. <laughs> okay. Well, th- one babe, can this... only handle so much steak and shake. All right. Th- <laughs> Come on. Go ahead. <laughs> That's for a whole different podcast. Yeah, that was Stephanie. just to make a joke. Yes, so anyway. I know. But anyway, the the whole concept is that our kids should not be, you know, the the deciding factor in everything. And so um, I think it's important to take control of that um, and and make sure that you're spending enough time and enough energy focusing on what's right for the family as a whole and what's right for you as a husband and wife Mm -hmm. and and what's going to be beneficial in the long run. So, um, yeah, anyway, that that is what we're talking about. And. The other thing I want to say is that you're distracting me there. there. Sorry. There you go. Hey, I didn't have enough exclamation points. <laughs> Stephanie's chatting with people <laughs> in the chat room. But anyway, um, the 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 right balance as far as what we have agreed on in our family, and, and we're not going to suggest what anybody else's values or principles should be, but what we have agreed upon is that the proper set of priorities and balance in relationships in in focus in our family is God first, our marriage second, and our children third. That is that is the order in which we we rate the importance. And th- this was a this was something that was brought up in uh, the sermon this weekend. And and he didn't really go into great depth on that. But what I really felt in my heart is I had to ask myself. Is God first in our family? You know, and and I, I in in the past when I've talked about this, it was always is our relationship. You know, do we make that primary? Are we making decisions that are best for our relationship as husband and wife to lead good examples as what a husband and wife should be like for our children and overall for the overall health of our children? Are we emotionally uh, breaking free to get time together and enjoying each other? I, I, Whenever I thought about child-centered parenting in the past, I always thought about it versus uh, having us you know, being more of a controlling factor and deciding factor and making decisions for our family. And but I, I, I unfortunately I think not that it's been completely out of out of sight out of mind, but at the same time, I have recognized recently, and God's been laying on my heart: Is God really the first? Is are are we going to Him with decisions? I mean, do we invite Him to our our business meetings, you know, and stuff like that? And and by inviting Him, what I mean is is how often are Stephanie and I praying together? And and when I asked myself that question, there's just like this sinking feeling in my gut. It's like, wow, you know, we can say that this is what we value and we can say this is a principle that that is deep in our hearts, in our minds, but we're not living that out. And so anyway, I just want to say that that um, one of the things that God really laid on my heart is in parenting and in having a family or whatever where is God in the relationship? Where is God in the family, in the place, in the home, in the decision making? And so this week, um, I really have been been renewed in in my desire to make God the head of the family. And so I, I know at least two days this week, well, every day so far this week, and I'm not suggesting that I'm perfect and I'm going to be Whew, I'm never going to mess this one up, but uh, I am excited that that three days this week, the first three days after that sermon, I've woken up and had prayer time with God uh, and praying for you and our children and and our family and our business and everything else that we're involved in, our listeners and stuff like that. And it's just like, wow, this is really awesome. And two of the three days you were able to join me in prayer uh, in the morning. And I just want to say, I, I feel number one, that's something God has really laid on my heart for our family. And I'm very thankful to you for, for being a part of that with me. Cool. Cool. All right. So, um, and then of course, uh, you know, I I share that and I know that, uh, some other folks out there in our community have recently shared emails with me or chat messages or something in the past. Uh, letting me know that that they and their spouse for the first time in ever or first time in many years or months uh, have begun to start really thinking about their marriage and their faith and 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 praying together as a couple. And and so that's if, if there's anything I wanted to bring up that we maybe didn't discuss uh, in the parenting and marriage and all that other stuff is praying together. And so um, let's see here. I'm trying not to read the funny stuff in the chat room. 
<laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, the next one is uh, what happened to our couch time? Couch time used to be this time where you and I would spend together in front of our children. Right. And that's something. We talked about that. Right. And so I would love to make sure that that becomes, you know, that our kids, maybe it doesn't have to be as regimented and disciplined as the old uh, parenting uh, series, uh, not television series, but the parenting (laughs) uh, teaching series that we were a part of. The the whole legalistic requirement of 15 minutes a day and stuff like that. But but intentional. Mm-hmm. intentional time together enjoying each other having good conversation in front of our children i would i would like to have that be more a, a part of our relationship together and uh let's see here here's another one children are starving for time with their parents they need quantity not just quality so this is another thing that really god has been um really dealing with me deep down in my heart is, you know, I've been so focused recently on this myth, this myth that kids need, all kids need is good quality time with dad. You know, there is really, I believe this is a myth that is really pervasive everywhere out there that kids really do need quality time with dad. And that's the most important thing. And and really in the sermon, what our pastor, uh, one of our pastors preached this weekend was that that's just a lie. You know, I, you know quality time is important. Don't get me wrong. But what our kids no, need most is not quality. They need quantity. Right. And it's not just with dad, but they with mom and dad. And, oh, they're sick and tired of seeing me. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> well, OK, maybe. So here's the deal that maybe the quantity time mom and dad interacting mm-hmm. together. They, they need some more of that quantity family time, mm-hmm. quantity family identity building time. Those are some things that that have I, I believe that if our kids are starving for anything, it's not food. It's it's for 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 that kind of interaction and attention. And I really believe that that's something God wants us to work on as a family and definitely for me as a father. And I've been really taking some steps to to kind of correct that. And some of the things I'll just share with our listeners is that um, spending more quality time playing video games with my son, which is his number one passion, and listening to him when he's talking versus trying to think about other things when I'm with him. Uh, just hugging on and kissing and eating fake pretend food that my daughter makes with her kitchen appliances and stuff and 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 just hanging out with her and tickling her and stuff like that and and really just being there and 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 whatever way I can possibly find to just be there with my 8-year-old daughter who's going on 9 and and uh is just changing so fast and you know last and night you know she's on the brink of she's she's right on the line right now of that of that adolescent time where she's going to want nothing to do with us yeah at all and you still i still see you know there are moments when i see that but there are still those moments when all she wants is our attention right so we have to build in that now before we lose right. our opportunity that is exactly it and and i want to start i want to start let, let's just flood our lives with so much more of that 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 our kids one day will say, oh, my gosh, I miss having that. Right. You know, whereas right now they wouldn't know to miss it. And I and I and I'm embarrassed in a way to sh- share that. But this is what you get with our podcast. You get you get truth. You get authenticity. You get who we are. And and I'm sad to say I, I want more. I, I, I want I want less television to take up our lives and more time together as a family. And and um you know not, not i'm not saying okay we're going to quit podcasting about television but gosh I, I mean we do we need to take inventory at least of how much time is being spent where in our lives and stuff like that we're getting ready to talk about decluttering our homes but i think we need to start and heart and in our hearts but also what about decluttering our calendar and our schedules and and just really being family together and and that's really honestly what god has been laying on my heart and um one last thought on on that whole subject there is god uh, our, god really it, it's funny because the same phrase came up here but our pastor said something and it just like stuck like glue to me 
and it is our children, um, things that are, you know, passing on information to our children, it's caught, not always taught, or caught, not taught. So basically, when it comes to what our principles and our values are, and things we want our children to learn, it's not necessarily they're going to pick those things up by us teaching them. Because do as I say, not as I do is also a myth. Exactly. And that's exactly what the sermon said this week. And, um, you know, if anybody's interested, I, I do release the watermark sermons into the GSPN all inclusive feed. And or you can go to watermark uh, watermarkcc.net slash podcast and you can subscribe to it there. Uh, but anyway, uh, it is going to come out this week, this sermon. And, and if any of this sounds like inspiring to you and you want to hear more about that sermon, it was really good. Uh, but I want to just say that when it comes to our it's caught, not taught. I one of the and I, I you've heard me say this like five different times now, but some of the people here are listening for the first time. You know, here here's the perfect example of this. There is there have been times when I'll eat. We'll have popcorn together mm-hmm. as a family. We'll watch a movie or do something. We'll pop some popcorn. And when we have popcorn, my little girl, three years old, sitting right next to her dad, sharing the popcorn bowl. And I'll watch. And if I start if I start out with just like eating one little kernel or two little kernels and putting them in my mouth at the same time, that's exactly what my little girl is doing. She'll just pick one out of the time. It's so cute to watch her stick that one in there and watch her chew it and go in and grab a second kernel and chew it. And then every now and then I start noticing the bowl's getting a little closer to the empty level and I grab a big handful and I hold it up to my face and I'm slowly shoving it in. And I look down at my daughter and I notice that her little tiny hand has got like so much popcorn, more than you could imagine fitting into her mouth. And she is shoving it in just like her dad. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Is this how I want to teach my children to eat? You know, is this how I want my children to? I mean, every waking moment that our kids are with us, we have an audience out there where our life is on a stage in front of three people. And these three people are like college students taking copious notes on how to do life. And these college students are so impressionable that no matter what you say, they will believe to be true and they will immediately take every note, every detail, and they will try to mimic everything you do. And I'm like, wow, how much have I been teaching them, you know, Mm -hmm. and not teaching them with my words and with my instructions, but through my life. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And so I think if there's anything that I want to say that, that goes on top of all the parenting uh, stuff and series that we did, there's one principle that God has really laid on my heart. You really want to help your children to be to live more um, morally uh, right lives. You you want to teach your you want your children to understand good proper morals ethics. You want to teach your kids proper values and 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 uh, principles and to live by them. If you want to te- if you want your children to grow up with doing relationships right and and how to handle conflict and how to to do all these things if you want then don't necessarily say kids let's sit down and let me teach you a couple of things right it's not when they're in trouble you you're going to correct them first. exactly the 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 truth is is get down on your knees if you're if you're a believer and pray god help me and if you're not a believer well then try find try to find ways to to better yourself and you'll find that the more you do in personal development of your own life, you will see your children mimic that. And mm-hmm. of course, um, I'm just thanking God every day for his spirit that just speaks to us through multiple different ways. And uh, this week happens to be through a sermon. And, and of course, that's the way it is. It's supposed to be all the time. But uh, sometimes I get in there and I, I my mind goes elsewhere. Right. But this week, God just really drove some of those points sometimes home. Sometimes it's through a song. <laughs> Sometimes it's through a song. Sometimes it's through a book. Sometimes. Oftentimes for me, it's through books and devotional ideas and just um, just being around people and seeing mm-hmm. things. So God is awesome. And I just wanted to share all of those things. Very cool. What's this? I love you, daddy. You're cute. Didn't Kenna say that? Yeah, in the podcast? I think she did. Yeah.
She, she she had a week where cute was her word. Everything yes, was cute. Everything was cute. This dinner was so cute, mommy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, no, Beth says, I hear a, a media fast coming soon. Now, <laughs> unfortunately, our business as it is would not allow for a media fast. But I think. Um, Check up with us next May. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is possibly going through a media fast as far as television wouldn't be a bad idea no. after, during the off season or during hiatus season. And we would, of course, be able to continue to do our podcasting. Right. But um, maybe cutting out some of that, but definitely a media diet. Uh, we need to do some television calorie counting. Okay. Okay. Because I think I think we got some high fructose uh, corn syrup TV shows that we're we're partaking. In. I don't know. I'm just joking now. Stephanie, that was just a bit a really bad cheesy analogy. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, but I don't get it because I'm the one who watches the most television in this house, and I'm just kidding. So like like last night I watched I, last night I wa- I stayed up and watched Big Bang Theory, which right. is high fructose corn syrup television. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that was like your la- late night Hershey bar, right? That was my late night Hershey bar television show last <laughs> night. I just didn't need it, and I probably would have got up early enough to to do a, more things this morning that I would have loved to have done had Sweet. I not watched it. So would we'd like to talk about yeah? Let's, yes, we do. Uh, what's the name of the book again? Too much. much stuff decluttering your heart and home Catherine Porter I want to say Stephanie read the preface of this book and I was a little concerned at mm-hmm. first the you want to tell them what the preface was because I've talked a whole lot so far this episode you really have it's, it's about time <laughs> babe I'm gonna have to cut out your pay if you don't speak up more yeah well like I've always said you can't take away what you don't have all right I'll just so. double it <laughs> And two times zero is still zero. All right, let's go. (laughs) So anyway, she talks in the prologue of this book about her mom and her mom's clutter habits and how her mom's clutter habits slowly suffocated her. That this woman had so much stuff, boxes waist high, just piling the house everywhere you could look. There was stuff. She was an Oprah episode that I remember. I remember that episode and I wouldn't be surprised if it was, <laughs> but so that's what she was yeah. and how that made her feel, how, how she knew that her mom loved her, but still allowed them to live in a home that they were embarrassed. Right. Of. And so she really started off the book like that. And you were concerned that this book would be about someone who has like some kind of compulsive, compulsive disorder yeah. of of just like they won't throw away anything right. like candy wrappers, you know. <laughs> of course, we already talked. We, well, we talked about that. That we did. Can yeah. I share a, a quick story from yeah. this morning before we? No, we filled up this whole You're entire right. thing with stories. So no, not we. You. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so this morning, I took some spelling tests. There were two spelling tests and. I don't, rem- I don't remember what the other test was, maybe language arts or something, of Megan's that had A-plus grades on them. They had been hanging on the refrigerator, and I took them off, and I put them in the in the trash. And my eight-year-old daughter says, what are you doing? I said, well, baby, I'm throwing them away. And she goes, but, Mama, you're supposed to treasure them. I said, well, honey, I did treasure them. I hung them on the refrigerator for two weeks, and now it's time to go to the trash so you can bring home new papers that, that we can treasure. Right. And she was like, oh, how could you? I got an A+. Plus. I did my best. Like, yeah, but now it's time to go. Yeah, yeah. So even, you know, Megan, and I, I think that learning, us learning this book is help, hopefully going to help us teach her that you can't keep everything. Right. Because even she wanted to, you know, she wanted some place where I could stockpile these papers. Right. And then on the first day that Kenna went to preschool, they told all the parents that these kids needed to bring two pieces of poster board for a project that they were going to work on. Uh-huh. Okay. So we did. We took our poster board and the next week when we picked them up, there was this project that they had worked on that we got to bring home. Well, they had colored one side of the poster board and then and decorated it and stapled it, stapled the two together on three sides. So it made like a big pocket. And on 
the other side, there is this cute little poem about saving all of my papers from preschool. Right. And I'm like, help. I mean, not only if I throw this project away, am I the worst mom ever, <laughs> but I, I'm not going to keep every paper that she does in preschool. Right. She scribbles. She colors one blue line on the paper. And do I tell her that it's beautiful because I believe that, that it's beautiful? Yes. But am I going to keep it for all time until it turns yellow and starts to rot away? No. And and you know what? There are some people out there that are listening right now and they're saying, oh, my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. You can't get rid of that stuff. And if if you have some of that feeling, then then maybe this book I, might be a good reason, a good read. I It might be. I have kept I, now I do keep papers. I do keep very I, I kept Megan's um, very first, very first 100 A, a plus math paper which I believe was the second math test she ever took. <laughs> but So I have that. Um, Matthew is left-handed and he has, um, he's a little underdeveloped with his small motor skills in his hand. So his writing is really coming along, not as, as quickly as, as we would like. But the very first paper that he brought home that I could actually read what it said without asking him, I kept that. Mm-hmm. I kept that and it hung on the fridge for a long time. And right now it's in the closet until I can buy a frame for it because I do frame some of their outstanding, outstanding work. But, um, but I'm not going to keep everything. I like what, uh, you know, Beth says, you know, you could take a picture of it and put it in, and start an album, like an online oh, album. Yeah. So, uh, or especially with digital photography, you could yep. take a picture of some of that stuff or with a scanner. Right. Uh, of course, the thing is, is, is the question is, is even then, do you be, is, is that a compu- is that is that a compulsive thing to want to do? I mean, do you, you, you know, obviously there are things with emotional attachments. And, and of course, this is what remember last week you had mm-hmm. mentioned a, a listener had emailed you and says, you, you know, you do want to consider right. the heart. You know, maybe there's an emotional attachment. And I think even you would agree and tell me if you agree with this. There are some things in that garage that are in a keepsake box that uh, for you have some emotional attachments that you don't want to get rid of. Right. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there are like four blankets that will never see the light of day in any situation I can ever imagine. And they are being kept because somebody you love made them. Actually, somebody you love that I've learned to love made them. Right. And But at the same time, I love that person regardless of what they made for me in the past and right. and is frilly and and it's uh, not frilly which one the one that aunt may made is not frilly oh, okay it's beautiful is it and i would love for one of our daughters to use it okay well so then you're hang- but see you're hanging on to that right i am and so am. Uh, and, and all the listener was saying is that you're not hanging on to everything right nope. but there are some things you hang on to i actually just spent three days Mm-hmm. Back in the spring, cleaning out those keepsake boxes. Right. And getting rid of a lot of things. You did. I took four keepsake boxes down to one and a half. You did. But and it's still too much. But here's the, all I'm saying is in, in defense of that listener, because mm-hmm. I, and, and I oh, just no. want, yeah. I just want you to understand there are some things that are that important to Megan. Right. Absolutely. And I we do need that. to consider that. Right. Yeah. So, so, okay. I just wanted to make sure, because that, it seemed to me that you were like, well, no, I'm still the boss, even if. You know, there's oh there's no, that. if there is something that she has an extreme emotional attachment to, right? We may wait a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, oh, I'm sorry, I'm no, just being but, rotten. But but you see what I'm saying? There are the some stock, things. The stockpiles of Jolly Rancher wrappers and um, for craft projects. I'm sorry. No, I'm you just cannot kidding. you cannot make up any emotional attachment that will be good enough for me to keep that. Okay, well, I agree with you and, and okay. I'm so this is this book is going to be good for us. I think so. Because it's going to help us to really decide. I I, I hope it's going to help us decide really I what is so. some of those important things. Well, and then in in chapter 1, it's um it's my story. Which is, is the author's story. It's the author's story. And she talks about how she never ever thought that she had clutter but how she was having this struggle to keep her house clean i can't get my house clean i don't know what to do i've read every organizing and cleaning book i can find why can't i keep a beautiful home and so she went to she went to these two women that she met at her church and um 
<laughs> Beth in the chat room says, unless eating Jolly Ranchers with a sick, sick loved one that died is important. All right. Except for I know that my eight-year-old didn't have that. So anyway. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> that's funny, though. That, that's funny. So anyway, she went to these two ladies that, that she met at her church who she thought always kept a beautiful home. And the one girl said to her, let me find it because it's in this, it's in chapter one more than once. And I'm sure we're going to see it a lot of times in this book. You can't keep everything and keep a clean house. So chapter one is about her learning how to declutter her learning that her stuff was clutter. Right. And, and I love that she said, you know what, what I did is I went to my friends who have this this knack for absolutely clean houses. I mean, they have houses that are just, you know, it's just unbelievable how clean they are. And rather than, and, and obviously you could tell that she's asked friends to come and help her organize and helping her organize isn't necessarily it. Instead, she she went with a different approach is what she's telling us in this chapter, which is she's asked her friends who are known for having absolutely clean houses and she asked them some questions such as... What are some of those questions, Stephanie? I don't know. Oh, goodness. Some of the questions, for example, were, okay, how many how many hand towels do you keep for your well, bathroom? No, I don't think she, she was asking. She was just asking those questions. I know. And so that's what I'm saying. She wasn't asking them those questions. Oh, she was starting to ask questions. She was starting to ask questions Such of as, herself. How uh, many hand towels do you really need? Uh, what is clutter? Where is it? Hold on. All right. Stephanie is looking. I'm looking for it. questions, questions, and more questions. I okay. bet it's going to be in here. Probably. <laughs> okay. Moving right along. All right. How do they do, keep their do, homes do, do, do. free of so much stuff? Um, what do they do with possessions they used to love but have outgrown? What happens to expensive items they no longer use? Do they keep? Do they keep duplicates? How many bath towels do you need? How many sets of sheets do they own for each bed? What about extra blankets? Are there are there items they stock up on? What types of keepsakes do they save? That's all. Okay, so those are the How many pair of jeans do you really need? What about t-shirts and sweatshirts? Do I need all that I have? Right. I don't um what I don't wear anymore. Are there clothes that don't fit right or don't complement my figure? Um, what do I okay. have that I just don't like? Gotcha. Oh. So there are a lot of questions to ask rather than saying, okay, let's just organize everything I have. The question is, is do I have all, or do I need all I have? Exactly. And can I just say that there are, there have been some times that I've, I've known friends or family who have lost everything as a result of a tornado or as a result of a house fire and stuff like that. And can I just tell you that there, there is sometimes you know, this overwhelming sense of emotion. It's like, oh my gosh, they just lost all their possessions, all of the, and it's like, and there have been a number of times, and actually even somebody very famous recently uh, uh, from Lost, um, uh, Evangeline Lilly, Mm -hmm. her house burned and she lost everything that she owned, every, you know, physical thing that she owned in her house. And, And she was like, you know what? It was the most freeing thing for me. I, I can't explain it to you, but it just for me, it's just like, wow, I, I didn't realize how much of a weight having all that stuff and worrying about all that stuff really had. Right. And and it's like well, it gives me it, I, it's because I, it sounds absolutely odd, but I have this feeling like I can just start it from, from scratch and and really investigate what do I really need? And it's like, it, you know, there there have been times when I've thought that through my years as an insurance agent, I, I've, I've experienced that firsthand with people. They're like, wow, it's unbelievable how much this is emotionally taken some baggage off of my heart. Right. And so uh, clutter is a real issue. And um, she, of course, in this chapter talks about wanting to keep a clean house. Mm-hmm. And she says, you'll never, and of course that phrase, you'll never. You can't keep everything and have a clean house. Yeah, That's you, not, you can't keep everything and clean. Keep a clean house. Yes, it, it, it's you a. Can't keep she, everything and keep a clean house. She she suggests that you. Which just, I think I'm going to put on my whiteboard upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> she says you have to just have that phrase memorized when you're going yeah. through your house. You can't keep everything. Think and it while ke- you're cleaning. And have a clean house. Think it while you're cleaning. I can already think of tons of things that I can get rid of. Yeah, I mean tons of things, but um, so you were 
talking earlier about something that you'd like to read in this book. So I thought that one cool thing would be to like read off the chapter titles that are yes, coming. Let's go ahead and do that. Okay. What time yeah. do you have to pick up McKenna? I need to leave here by 1240 and it's 1213. Okay. So, so you're good. I'm good. All right. Anyway, we've just read um, chapter one, which was her story. It's called titled My Story. First things first, define clutter. Become an Olympic declutterer. Put your house on a diet. Plan your attack. Your grime fried your grime fighting arsenal. Take your kitchen from chaos to clean. You can't stay afloat in a sea of paper. I like that one. Uh-huh. Behind closed doors, bathrooms and bedrooms. This one's my favorite. I can't wait to get to chapter ten. Escape from Laundry Mountain. Oh, you know, um, can I say Beth, uh, you know, uh, is talking in the chat room here with the other people in the community. By the way, we record this live uh, on Wednesdays at 1130 Eastern Daylight Time. We realize a lot of people are working, but if you're ever around, come catch us live. And there's a chat room that goes on and discussions usually go around some of this uh, content that we have here. And Beth says, you know, what what are some things that you can get rid of? And it's socks, she says, and does does each kid really need 20 pair of socks? Probably not. Well, the thing is, is <laughs> is that one of the reasons why maybe laundry doesn't get done several times a week or on and get kept up it's with. because we have so much. It's just, it piles up and it's so high. Mm-hmm. But if there were fewer clothes to wash, then perhaps, it, now for girls, I can understand having lots of different socks because of different colors and stuff like that. But for, for us, for us boys or us men, you know, well, this is five pair of socks. Well, see, this is one thing I was just thinking about. If there's a, a regular routine of laundry okay. coming today, marks obviously today is October first. So you have been working from home for ten months now, or for nine complete months, right? Going into the tenth month, right? Chances are you don't need all the black socks that are in your drawer. Yeah. So maybe you only need one or two pair on the rare occasion that you're going to wear the suit that's hanging in your closet. Right. That hasn't been worn since Robert's wedding in February. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, it's... You know, and then, of course... And I'm not just pointing... I don't want you to think that I'm just pointing the finger at you because I have pants hanging in my closet that I've never worn. Right. Ever. There's a pair of pants that my sister gave me that I've never worn. There's a pair of capris. I don't know. I don't even know why they ever made it to a hanger in my closet. There's a pair of capris that I bought from the Gap outlet for $2 that when I got home didn't fit. And I haven't got rid of them yet. I intend to. I don't plan on keeping them. I just never have. See, this is why we're reading this book, folks. And if you can identify or relate with us, we enjoy you. Enjoy. We invite. (laughs) We enjoy you. We (laughs) We invite you to embark on this journey with us of decluttering your home. Yes. Um, So chapter 11 would be. And your heart. The decluttering spree. Um, Chapter 12. Outside clutter. 13. Sneaky. What? Sneaky um, saboteurs, I guess, like a a sabotage um, in your clean home. Yes. Money talks, clutter walks. The clean dream, creative decluttering. And then the epilogue is called Dirt on Me. So I am really excited about this book. This is cool. I'll tell you what. I was very, 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 very I'm glad we read. I'm I'm glad we went, went ahead and read chapter one yeah because i thought this was a prologue. book for people who have serious serious issues to the where i mean well, honey you have you looked w- at our klaus lately i think we have serious serious issues <laughs> <laughs> this is true we do have i, I mean not, we don't have that i mean we're not embarrassed to how, invite anybody to come into the front door of our house that well sometimes i am okay, but that so. has nothing to do with our clutter it has more to do with our carpet yeah that yeah which i'm gonna ask for hardwood floors for christmas yeah right that's gonna be nice <laughs> that's gonna happen so anyway, I was just kidding. You don't have to run your eyes at me. <laughs> just kidding. Anyways. So anyway, um, yeah, we we definitely want to in, uh, invite you to join us. Of course, we want to say real quickly, thank you to our sponsor for this podcast, Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com. 
If you go there, you can get this book, of course, uh, and you can get, of course, all your other books and uh, Christian music CDs, uh, TV. Uh, you can you can get a bunch of stuff there. Just browse their site. In fact, the really cool thing is if you if you let them know you heard about them through us, you get ten percent off your entire order. You just once you add something to your shopping cart while you're in the shopping cart, put in the promo code GS. PN and it will automatically say thank you GSPN listener and it'll give you 10% off of everything you purchase from them which is really cool. I have a question. Okay. Okay. I have gotten some grief from from people around me, not you. Okay. Other people. For I I got rid of my wedding dress. Okay. I didn't keep it. I didn't feel the need to keep it and I'm never going to wear it again and I have a picture of me in it. So, right. you know, big deal. So I don't have to worry about that. That's not a question that, you know, do I keep it? Do I not? Is this a keepsake? Whatever. It's gone. But my headpiece, yeah. the veil that I wore, I still have. It's hanging in our closet. Is that clutter? I think that's something only you can answer. Or is that a keepsake? I think that's only something you can answer. Anyway, so that's one of the questions that I have for myself. I need to I need to determine. Because you can't I, really see it in the picture because it's on the back of my head. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, I'm now I'm just me. And if there's but, an if so I, that's a question I have for myself. I think if it's if it happens to turn out to be a keepsake, why not preserve it? I need like to you get do. a box to put it in and, and yeah, Exactly. Put and put it away in a place that's not cluttering up your closet. Yes. All right. So Anyway, too fun. So that's that's today's episode. Again, uh, if you want to get a copy of this book for yourself, which we strongly encourage uh-huh. you to do, it's not it's not the reason why we do books and right. cover books no, so that you'll buy them from Mardell.com. Uh, although it just it just happens to work out that it is the perfect arrangement. But this is really this is a this is what we had intended to do is to to really just um, find ways of personal development. Uh, and w- one of the ways that I find is, of learning is to find books to inspire us to really think about different aspects of our lives and as husbands, wives, families, whatever. And uh, it just happens that our sponsor that finally came along and says, hey, we believe in what you want to do happens to be a Christian online bookstore. How awesome is that? I might read that? this a little faster than. Yeah, than, we can than we, we can cover three chapters next week. No, I mean, on my own and then still read and talk about it. But then I'll be able to say. Hey, I read this last week okay. when we were finished and I did this and you know what I mean? Because be cool. I don't really, I, I don't really want to wait 16 weeks. Is there 16 chapters? <laughs> to declutter my I, I, Honestly, I don't, <laughs> Stephanie, I don't really believe that I don't we're going to cover one we'll chapter a week. two a week. Yeah. Or th- sometimes three. Sometimes three because they were, the They're ones that short. we read were, were really short. So and, I'm looking forward to defining clutter. Um, one question that I have that comes to my mind is that, you know, we have, obviously we have an eight year old daughter and we have a five year old daughter. Mm -hmm. So I have multiple boxes in the garage that have the eight year olds clothes that will soon be passed down to the three year old. Is that clutter? I don't think so. I think, I think that, and it would be clutter if it didn't have a place somewhere and, and if it wasn't practical now, if it was your 18 year old daughter and your three year daughter, three year old daughter, be a problem. that's, I think that's yeah. clutter. You know, I'm not saving my clothes for Megan. It's just, um, right. Once I found out that, that we were having a girl. So some of the things have been out there for three years because right. once I found out that McKenna was going to be a girl, I started holding on to, to Megan's old clothes. Right. And the, and the cool thing is, is and, and for those that maybe have a further stretch and, and were on the edge of that stretch, because yeah. some of those clothes may not be as fashionable. Right. In Five a years, years is a stretch. And so what I'd suggest is maybe paying it forward. Mm-hmm. And the idea. Oh, it, I do that with Matt's clothes. Exactly. And the idea is that you just go ahead and say, listen, I am not going to throw these great clothes away. They don't fit our children anymore. It's going to be several years before our next child of that gender can mm-hmm. wear these clothes let's go ahead and give these to somebody who can take advantage of them immediately and at the same time just continually be doing that and then all of a sudden that's going to come back people will come back and say you know what our four-year-old is no longer fitting in these we know that right. McKenna's going to be four next year we'd like to just go ahead and just give this to you the only thing is with that is Take away that tie of, you know, when you're, because I've had so many people give us baby clothes when you're, or maternity clothes. When you're done with these, I want them back. 
And you know what I immediately want to say? I'll tell you what. Why don't you keep them keep in your them. car? Yeah. Just, you know, just, just, keep them. just keep them. Because you know what? I am not. I don't. It's like our kids are going to spill things well, on these now, now chocolate you, or now whatever. You make me, because I did that. Did you? What are you thinking, woman? I did. <laughs> Why? But then I gave them away to somebody else. Yeah, I see from my or did I I'm not going to tell you you were wrong for doing it. But all I'm saying is, no, it was because it was because um, I didn't I didn't ask for them back when I had given them to the person. But then I got pregnant. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so I called it, her. And, and if, said, you said, and if you, you said, know, hey, if you um, still have them, yeah, I don't really want to be an Indian giver. But, you know, I just found out that I was pregnant. OK, so no, that's different. If I mean, there if are you, any that are in good condition. You, yeah, that's what I did. That's that's different. But but saying it's like, you know, when and then you're when I was these, done and I got my tubes tied, I sent them on their merry way. <laughs> gotcha. So anyway, bye bye. Yeah. Maternity clothes. Gotcha. This womb is closed. You just opened up a whole new topic right there, woman. <laughs> you just laid that one right out there. All right. Uh, anyway. Maybe for a future topic somewhere down the road. What? Nothing. Okay. Anyway. You have no idea what you just said? No. It's the whole birth control issue. Oh, whatever. Uh, yeah. That, what the, like, listen to you. Whatever. It's just some people who listen no, to us. That's their, that that like an be, important thing, uh, okay. a belief in their philosophy. I understand and, that. And it's just like, it would be just like what we were sharing with our parenting. It, it We're not telling you how to live. It right. is a personal preference for I me. Know. God blessed me with a beautiful, well, he blessed me with three very beautiful children. The third one happened to be a little bit of a surprise. I am very blessed to have her in my life. I love her. And she is so much a part of our family now that I could not imagine life without her. And But I'm, I've also met said. my match. <laughs> That's enough said. So anyway, we just want to say thank you guys for listening to the Family from the Heart podcast. You know, our our numbers, Stephanie, for this podcast have... 859. Oh, no, no, no. no. You're not listening to me. I'm not. No, the the download numbers. Oh, yeah. From when we, from like, let's say two months ago, the download numbers have more than doubled for this podcast. Really? Yeah, so people are hearing about it. Um... You know, we're just going to ask you as a favor to us, if you know somebody out there that would benefit from just either being entertained, encouraged, inspired, uh, whatever from this content, would you tell them about familyfromtheheart.com? Familyfromtheheart.com. Have them come and listen. Say, listen, this is why I listen. And and that would be awesome. So with that, uh, thank you to everybody out there. And uh, oh, if you do want to leave feedback, oh crud, we have feedback. Hold on, watch this. I'll, I'll just act like this music is gonna loop in the background. You like that? We have yeah. some feedback, don't we? Didn't I say you we said had? we did? Yeah. Yeah. Let me find it. I'm going down here to content, family from the heart. If you have feedback, we will play it in our show or read it in our show. And Cindy, uh, who happens to be a listener of the family from the heart, she says, Dear Cliff and Stephanie, recently I was working, while I was working, I read an article about how the U.S. Army is helping soldiers and families stay close during deployment. Of course, they have all kinds of opportunities for soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan to see their families, and the, uh, and the new media world makes it easier also. Uh, let's see here. The social workers that are assigned to help these families have been using Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages as a way to improve communication between husbands and wives. Improved communication makes better families, better soldiers, and therefore a better military. I come from a military family. Um, both of my biological grandfathers served during three wars. My step-grandfather served and was a POW in World War II. Things have improved for uh, families now. All families touched by uh, all families touched by war. Uh, it is very possible that your family from the heart podcast has reached soldiers and families across the world as they serve our country the best way they can. I served in the army. My husband is retired from the army. I want to say thank you for helping not only families that are together here in the states, but quite possibly the families who aren't together, except in their hearts and minds. And so thank you for that. In fact, you know, we do have several listeners that listen to us that are military families. And uh, I have received email and feedback from them saying that, you know, this has been extremely beneficial. And so that is awesome. 
And then uh, Michelle wrote in and said, let's see here. Hi, Cliff. I would love to hear nine critical mistakes uh, couples make and also the four women only books covered in the Family from the Heart show. And so uh, we will definitely keep that in mind. In fact, I know I want to do the four women only. There's no question about that. And I think that doing the nine critical uh, mistakes that most couple makes, that would be uh, most couples make. That would be a fun book to read to just say, okay, yeah, we can relate to this. Right. That would be fun. That would be a fun one. So we will keep both of those in mind. And uh, I would say probably a good chance that one of those books might be our next uh, Mm -hmm. book. Really leaning on four women only. I know you are. I know you are. All right. And then Maggie Mac, our good friend Maggie from Girls Night In Radio podcast, she called in with this. This is Maggie from the Girls Night In Radio podcast. I am just listening to Family from the Heart, number 22, where Amy mentioned one of my favorite teaching books, um, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and How to Listen So Kids Will Talk or something like that. My my professors always called it How to Talk. Um, So I love that book. I actually just recently reread it. Um, It's one one of the few college textbooks that I kept. And it just says a lot about validating kids' feelings and, you know, with either a word or just saying, uh-huh, or okay, letting them tell the story instead of butting in. Um, I'm trying to remember. There's a few other things. So I really love that book, and I probably actually need to read it again to help me with my new class. So um, you guys definitely should give it a try. Um, yeah. And so I'm going to go back to listening to the show now. Bye-bye. How to talk to kids or how to, how to talk, talk so kids that so that kids will listen. And how to listen so kids will talk. That's the title of the book. Okay. So we need to put that the down. The library has it. Do they? Mm-hmm. Well, we should order it from Mardell.com, I think. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, look into that. And, and then, of course, now, Stephanie... We're going to wrap up the show, and we do want to let people know that they can email us or call us. The email address is feedback at gspn.tv. And the phone number where they can call and leave a message 24 hours a day, seven days a week is 859-795-4067. And we will be back next week talking more about our crazy family. Defining clutter. And defining clutter. We'll see you then.